What up, everybody? We're back. We got the Oasis podcast, and we're going to get it popping. So it's me, Brennan, and I've got Ben. We're just popping. <laughs> Pop, popcorn over to Jaina. Hi. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah. So it's just the three of us again. Nothing too crazy here with the Oasis podcast. But, but I, I don't have an opening question this week, because I just wanted to ask you guys, what's popping in your life? <laughs> oh, that's the worst. <laughs> What does that mean? What's popping? Sometimes popcorn. My Let's kids eat popcorn definition. like twice a week. I have been there when Ben's kids have eaten popcorn. They it's, love that stuff. They yeah. love it too much. And then it's three days later that we don't realize that there's popcorn everywhere in the couches. <laughs> and so I was like, man, yeah. we got to clean this up. Emma didn't eat that for you? Yeah, that's why you got a dog, right? Yeah. Not in the couches. Mm. She didn't get right. herself in there. Yeah. Yeah. My grandpa but, has a bowl of popcorn every night before he goes to bed. I could see myself doing that. <laughs> Popcorn yep. is probably one of my top three foods. If I'm yeah. going to be top honest. three, yeah, peanut wow. butter and jelly, Mexican, just the whole category, and then probably popcorn. Okay, I, man, I don't know, man. That's just how I roll. That sounds I boring. Want some Mexican, no. yeah, I'll say that. Oh, that for sure, good. Mexican sounds incredible. All right, Jaina, anything popping? <sighs> nothing. <laughs> What's going <laughs> nothing, on in your Nothing life? crazy going on. That's good. Sometimes that's nice. Yeah. Then kids are good, huh? Yeah, they're alive. <laughs> That's the standard right now that we, we we have at our house. Living. Everyone's living. That's it's how you, good. That's how you That's feel after time. the snow day. Eh? Yeah, it wasn't terrible because Alice was at daycare. Otis spent half the day at, at daycare as well. Abby mm-hmm. was home, and then I was I was here in the morning, and then went home in the afternoon. Uh, Wesley built a snowman, so him okay. and Abby actually started the snowman, and they built it. And had a carrot, right? Classic carrot. Mm-hmm. So put the carrot on. Was the nose? Um, it was great. He had a, had a great time. My wife goes and picks up our daughter, Alice. Oh boy. She <laughs> she comes home and sees the snowman. I think I was like, oh look at the look at Wesley building snowman. Sees it, runs out to it, bites off the tip of the carrot <laughs> on the snowman. This was your child, my my daughter, <laughs> and came inside. Wow, it's amazing. Just, she's my favorite person. She's, she's something else. She's that's incredible. She's, that's she's gonna rule the world one day. That's Just awesome. be ready. The so, chaotic yeah. energy is oh, it's immaculate. it's it's high. <laughs> yeah, it's amped. But kids are well. Wife's well. I have my ordination interview this week. Whoa. So if you're hearing this now, like pray for me on Friday. <laughs> Segway. What's that mean? That means I have an interview. <laughs> <laughs> so ordination is the process that we go to specifically with. A lot of different denominations, but for the Westland denomination, it's if you know you're called into context, like ministry, local church ministry, um, called into the ministry. Like we all as Christians are called to do ministry, to make mm-hmm. disciples of all the nations, right? To serve each other, yeah. to serve people, serve the world. But then there's some people who are called into ministry, and, and you read in Ephesians that God gives the church these specific giftings with people to equip the the people to do the works of service. And so like I've been called into ministry. And so over the last 10 years that I've been doing ministry, I know that it was leading up specifically because I'm in the Westland denomination to ordination and ordination is a service and a process where I actually get to make a covenant with the denomination. Um, they give authority. They give me ascending. They give me uh, even a location and a place to be able to go and do ministry. They they affirm the calling that God has placed on my life. Uh, and so it's just a really, for me, I'm pumped about it because it's kind of a culmination of where I know God has been leading me in my career, mm-hmm. specifically called the ministry over the last 10 mm-hmm. years. I'm excited about it. Um, I'm nervous too. So like the interview process is just like, all right, do you know your stuff? 
They're going to ask me a bunch of different questions about life, about yeah. theology, about what I know of scripture, what I like. They're going to ask my wife, do, does she think I should be ordained? <laughs> and I hope because my wife's amazing that you paid her enough to, to answer. Yes. No, the goal, the goal is <laughs> she makes a joke. Cause that's who she is. Mm. But the problem is they don't know her. And so like my wife is legitimately one of the funniest persons I know. She just is. But a lot of people don't know she's that funny because they just don't know yeah. her. It takes mm-hmm. time. Like the relationship has mm-hmm. to be established for her to really like get out of her shell. And my, I hope she does go for the joke right away. I do. I don't think she will because <laughs> it is a really important moment. <laughs> but I hope she does just go through, just go like, you know, I just, I don't know. There's some things. But they won't know she's not like she. They won't know she's joking. Yeah. So we'd have to we'd have to dig ourselves out of a hole, which I'm okay with doing that because she's there. <laughs> we'd do it together. That's but, that's marriage. Oh, yeah, so right. I love that. But I'm pumped, dude. It's it's uh, yeah. It's gonna be very emotional for me because just like I look back on my life, 13 years ago, I was depressed, suicidal. I didn't think I was gonna like be living, let alone like wow, you are actually helping people know Jesus, and it's, yeah. it's amazing. Super. Praise God. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right, you want to turn around and dive right back into our topic? Here we go. Here we go. Um, so today we're going to do, I, I, I'm not going to say a simple podcast, but just an idea that Brennan threw out last week and something we want to do and think is important. Um, we want to go through what does it look like to kind of pray through Scripture. And we're going to give a couple different examples of what that looks like and kind of talk through some Scriptures that have um, that we've done this before and, and where we've, we've seen just kind of fruit in our life, but seen encouragement even as we've as we pray through scripture, but even just the why behind this is a lot of times, especially for me, when I first became a Christian, I, I, I even right now am not a great reader. Like I just mm-hmm. like, I struggle reading. I, I don't like reading a lot of the time. Um, but there was something about, but I'm a talker. <laughs> so the guy who was discipling me, my first discipling me when I first became to know Jesus, he's like, all right, I know you're in struggle reading and that's okay. So let's teach you what it looks like to pray. Like, let's press into mm-hmm. this. Let's, let's take time for this. And, and so he did that, and there were different aspects of it. And when I started, it was like a lot of time, and I think new believers are like this, and if you are just praying for the first time and starting that process and really the communication with God, the talking and the listening, it's, I don't know what to pray. What am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. And it's when we can recognize and know that the Word of God, yes, was given us to encourage us, all right, here's how to live life. It gives us the message of salvation, of the gospel, the good news, who God is, who He says we are, but also His heart behind everything, also guidance and and, and encouraging literally words to be able to help us live through this life. So if I know the word, I know God's heart behind a situation that I come across. Therefore, I know what to pray. I even know what to ask. I know who to call to. Like I understand God's character. I understand what he desires for my life. And I can pray those things as I read scripture or as I know scripture, I can pray those things. And so for us, what we know is just go through a simple practice of what does it look like to actually look at scripture not just repeat it, but actually, well, okay, what is what is the breakdown of the scripture and how can we actually pray? How is this helping us? Um, and another thing too, reality, like Jesus prayed scripture. He's yeah. dying on the cross. Mm-hmm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me is a quote from Psalm 27. And so he's like, he, he prays scripture multiple different times. Um, just the power of the words of God are real and they've been given to us. So to pray back what God has already breathed into us and given to us is is a beautiful thing and just connects us, I think, even more, unites us more with the Father's heart and what he wants to do in our life. Um, And so we're going to look at that. It's not like this is a way to do it. So if you struggle with, I don't know what to, I don't know, I don't know how to pray, I don't know what to pray. Like, okay, what does the scripture say? Like, I know a guy who spent an entire year going through the first 50 books of the Psalms and just like slowly went through it and just rewrote the Psalm based off of prayer and Hmm. made it personal. It's like awesome practice. Now, not everyone has to do that, but 
just a thing and a way and ability to just get you connected closer with the father and, and gives you literally, yeah, it's encouraged me to know like, all right, I know what to pray in the situation because I know what God says about it in his word. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so starting with and where we want to go to first is the disciples asked for one thing from Jesus. I mean, there's a lot of things, but <sighs> mm-hmm. like they didn't ask him, okay, teach us how to lead a small group, teach us how to preach a sermon. They said, teach us how to pray. And they, they asked that specifically in Luke 11. And in Luke 11 and in Matthew 6, there's the what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And so Brennan's going to just walk through the Lord's Prayer with us a little bit. And then I'm going to walk through uh, Ephesians. Yeah, and, and where it comes from in Matthew 6 is it's right in the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' most famous sermon, but it's something that scholars will believe that he preached pretty consistently. Like this mm-hmm. was probably one of his textbook things as he encountered a group of people is he would walk through some of these teachings because it was him reiterating a lot of Old Testament law in, in a new light based on who he is and what he came to accomplish. So in the same way that Luke 11 will be the, the, his response to the disciples, it's the same exact teaching, but Jesus giving it in a different setting. So this is him teaching a large group of people, and there he's just going over the topic of prayer. And he, he starts with just like these, these overall general ideas of what prayer is and how they're supposed to pray. And then he, he, has the, he starts with the Lord's Prayer with like this intro sentence. It's not exactly <laughs> like part of the prayer, but he says, then this is how you should pray. And I love that he starts there. And even when he's teaching the disciples and it's just like, he has given us a, a, a how, not necessarily always a what, but a how to pray. And I love that because I think we can get sometimes stuck in the words mm-hmm. of the Lord's prayer or the words of the apostles creed or the words of what you, you fill in the blank of this thing we, we have historically through the church um, centuries and, and, they are important. Like Ben has said, the words are incredibly important. Jesus spoke these specific words. God had these written down through Matthew, through Luke. But they're also a template and, and a structure for us to continue to walk out what it looks like to pray. So I wanted us to start there and recognizing that both the ones I'm going to look at and the one Ben's going to look at in Ephesians 3 coming up here in a bit can almost be templates for us to, mm-hmm. to, to know how to pray. And what, what worked for me and why I have such an attachment to the Lord's Prayer is I was exactly like Ben was saying. Um, I didn't know how to pray and especially how to pray for longer periods of time. Like I knew in, a, in an instance if I needed something, if I wanted mm. something, if there was like a joy or a thanks I needed to give, I knew simple words could fill that. But when it was like, okay, I want to pray for a half hour, I want to pray for an hour, I want to pray for a couple hours, and I want to pray about a group of people, I didn't know how to do that. And the Lord's Prayer gave me a structure and a template in order to start to walk that out. All right, there's my my intro statement. <laughs> but now we can actually dive into the words of Matthew 6. And honestly, this can by, kind of be categorized. Ben said there were six. I think I have four. And, and the first one was, like, recognize who you're talking to when you start a mm-hmm. prayer like this. Some Some people have said it's almost like, you enter into prayer in a position of bowing and reverence and and submission to God who you're praying to. And that's why I think it's so beautiful that the prayer starts our Father. Like our Father is this recognition of who God is, that it's not just this intangible uh, person or thing you're praying to, but it's it's a God who calls you a child. And then through that, how can you can just continue to recognize who is God to you? And you can pray other names of God, like, yes, just simply saying God, like, our God, my God, or Abba, or I am, or Yahweh, or just continuing to to repeat these different ideas of who God is and who he says that he is to you. And then it transitions and it goes, our Father who art in heaven. 
And it starts to orient our minds of, okay, this is our father and it's personal, but he's also incredibly holy. And, and we start to think of where is God? And it gets our minds rightly oriented around thinking about heaven and pondering some of the wonder of that and the beauty of the fact that this God who's so relational sits on a throne in heaven and he still wants that relationship with you. And then hallowed be thy name. And it gives that reverence, it gives that praise, holy, holy, holy is God. And I think in those moments, you can start to pray through what it looks like for God to be holy in your life, where he's shown up and provided miracles, where he's shown up and done incredible works, where you want him to continue to do works, and just the creation story in general and praying through the creator of God and the the Father. And that's just, that's just a start. And I honestly can spend like an hour <laughs> sitting here just praising God for who he is and who he's created me to be. And yeah, I love that. And what's, yeah, just that whole aspect of that is just a reality of the character of God and gives you two ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. It gives you the father and intimacy and family. It's our, but also like, Hey, he's holy. There's a deserving of respect Mm -hmm. and worthiness. Mm -hmm. And what's awesome is that Jesus gives both ends of the spectrum and saying, all right. And then he's also everything in between that he says, like Brennan said, And so Mm -hmm. as you're reading the Psalms, as you're reading the word, as you recognize, like, this is who God is in refuge and fortress and strength in the Psalm. Like he's all those things. So it's father and intimacy and holiness and reverence and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And it's like, just so, and the idea of starting there, right. Is who's the focus on. Mm Mm-hmm. And even like, as I go through this, like, this is something like I'll take notes on, or I'll I'll have this template, at least in my mind, so that when I pray the words, our father, I know I can go to this whole section of prayer. Like, this is what the idea of the template is. It's like our father, those words can lead us to something different and they can lead us to more words and more prayer and don't just have to stay there. The second section I'll kind of talk about is recognizing almost what's important. After you've recognized who you're praying to and who God is and what he's done and all of these different things, then you have to turn around and recognize, okay, what's important? What do I want to pray? What am I actually going to say here in these moments? And I think Jesus gives us beautiful words like your kingdom come. Like so simple, but it's so powerful. If we're we're going to pray that and we're going to pray that seriously, like Craig Rochelle will say these are dangerous prayers. These are things that are earth-shaking, eternal like moving prayers when we pray that God's kingdom would come in our lives and his kingdom would come on earth. And honestly, I think it gets me excited when I start to pray like that. And then you go on and you think of, okay, what's what's God's kingdom coming look like here? Like, what's it look like for Jesus to be the Lord of my life, the Lord of my friends' lives, my family's life? What does it look like for me to be a part of building that kingdom? And it really can orient you in the present mind, too. It's like, how right now am I starting to pray alongside what God's doing so that his kingdom is coming? And then it comes with just like the huge punch right after that. Because I, (laughs) yeah, it's just, your will be done. Ah, like... You're praying the kingdom stuff. You're praying for everything you want God to do. You're focusing on what's important. And then you turn around and it's, but your will be done. And it Mm -hmm. completely, I think, will shift. I hope it does inside of you. Like what's actually eternally important and what does God want? And how do we continue to submit to that father we're praying to? And then on earth as it is in heaven, again, it's reorienting our mind to recognize what's eternal and how heaven is supposed to continually being, being, placed here on earth and God's redeeming and restoring everything that's broken. And we're, we're continuing to do that. And we're a part of that mission. 
And one of the ones that I love praying in here is just the restoration of Eden. And I can look at Genesis and I can see what God made and how beautiful it was and how perfect it was. And then it leads me to, okay, it was broken, but I see God's final plan in Revelation 21 and 22, and I know he's moving and working there. So how am I praying alongside what God's doing? So, all right, keep rolling. We can, we, I mean, we can stick there forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Trust the reality, me. and what I love that on earth as is in heaven, it's the reality of we can experience that right now. Right now. Right? Yeah. And so you look at Genesis and the fallen, but you look at the picture of what it's supposed to be in Revelation, and it's saying, no, it's happening, because mm-hmm. Jesus announced the kingdom here. Yeah. And so be ready. Mm-hmm. It can happen now. Yeah. And I think that almost ends the end of the, that ends the portion of the bowing and the reverence. And it doesn't end the submission, because the submission goes throughout mm-hmm. the whole prayer, but it, it changes some of the outlook of the prayer because now it moves almost to a section where we're we're lifting up praise but we're also lifting up our needs and what we're expecting and what we're asking for from God and we we do it with empty hands recognizing that we don't bring much to the table if anything at all and it needs God we need God to to provide for us and to be our provision and to answer these prayers so then that third section I'll talk about is recognizing need and forgiveness and the first whole half of the prayer focuses more, not entirely, but focuses more on God the Father. But now we've transitioned almost, and it becomes Christological in nature, and that's a fancy word to say it becomes (laughs) Christ-focused. And you start to pray, and again, so, so dope that Jesus did this, but it's a Trinitarian prayer. So it focuses on the Father, it focuses on Jesus, and the last section will be on the Spirit. But Mm -hmm. here you're recognizing the need, you're recognizing forgiveness, and you're asking that God would provide for your daily needs. says, Give us today our daily bread. How how easy have you guys found it to actually ask? Like once you get to the point of like, all right, if I'm actually focusing on Jesus, I'm focusing on the Father, focusing on the Father, he's holy, he's good, he's intimate. And then Jesus gives this example. It's okay to actually ask for things because I've gone to one spectrum mm, of, mm, I usually yeah. ask for things when I didn't know Jesus. And then I found Jesus and I was like, man, I've been selfish in my prayer. And then he goes like, mm. actually, hey, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how easy is that for you guys? I don't know. Have you wrestled mm-hmm. with that like I've wrestled with that? Yeah, I think sometimes <laughs> when I spend a lot of time like just focusing on the character and nature of God and focusing on God as the Father first, it's harder for me to transition into then if I ask for things because I have this just like this all and that's where I'm sitting. It's like how how dare I, yeah, you know? So yes, like yeah. it's hard for me uh-huh. sometimes to make that transition. Well, I, for me, it's not really. I, I, I totally get where you guys are coming from in that for me, I the whole initial part and the reverence part leads me to a place where I know that he so deeply cares. And maybe I'm just focusing more on that relational father aspect mm. of it. And the father wants to give good gifts and right. he already knows what's in my heart. He already knows what's what's on my mind. So just pouring out those prayers. But what's helped me is honestly always trying to focus on, am I giving more thanks than I'm asking for? Because if mm-hmm. I'm thanking God for more of what I have than asking for things that I feel like I want or need, then I never, I, I very rarely will feel selfish in my motive because I'm continuing to ascribe praise while asking for things. Yeah. Okay, back into the Lord's Prayer because we're, we're zipping through it. But really when you're recognizing need and you're praying this, give us today our daily bread, I want you to recognize this isn't just physical provision. Yeah. This mm. is so much more than that. This is you asking God for the manna that he provided for the Israelites. And that was, yes, physical provision, but it was also like emotional, it was spiritual, it was relational, it was religious in senses. He he provided everything they needed and he provided exactly when they needed it. So for you, how do you pray 
yeah, for physical needs that you would have food and shelter and health. But how do you play for relational needs that God would provide for you in your relationships and in romantic and friendships and family? How does you provide spiritually that you would be feel like you're you're fed on the the words of life, the very bread that Jesus calls us to live on? How do you pray emotionally and mentally that God would give you a sound mind and He would help you take your thoughts captive and He would help you in every single moment to provide peace and it's more than just food when mm-hmm. we're praying this. It's something so much deeper, and God wants to step in and provide those good gifts to his children, but he's, he's waiting for us to ask sometimes. So huge here. Mm-hmm. Make sure to pray on more than just your, your physical needs. Yeah. And then continuing in that, it changes the tone and focuses more on the, the forgiveness side. And different translations and different denominations and like historical backings will say different things, but... What I'll put is forgive us our debts. You could say trespasses. You could say sin. And debts is almost a, it's a it's a close translation to trespasses, and that's why there's some flip and flop in those different things. But it shows that we're in debt to God. Like who we are without Jesus, apart from Him, is broken and lost, and we have no business coming to the Father without Jesus to to sit in, sit sit in on our behalf. So how in those moments do we? Ask for forgiveness with complete and total reliance on the sacrifice of Jesus. How do you pray confession? How do you pray, pray repentance that you're giving your sin, you're recognizing you are a sinner, and you're, you're laying out some of those things, all of those things to bear, and then you're asking God to, to help you in repentance, to turn from that, and to walk and run back for Him. And then through it all, just praying thankfulness that Jesus has paid the price and you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in your brokenness. And in those forgiveness, you know you are forgiven because of mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus. And then the hardest line, I think, of the <laughs> whole prayer for me comes when it says, and also help us forgive our debtors or our trespassers or those who have sinned against us. Because, I mean, we're, we're people who are constantly being hurt and let down and disappointed. And a lot of that is our, some of that is our fault, mm-hmm. but also some of that is just the world we live in and the brokenness. And Jesus will f- continue in Matthew 14 or in verses 14 and 15 to expand on this idea of asking for forgiveness and forgiving others. And the way he says it is there's no room for holding anger or bitterness or grudges in your heart, but it needs to be complete and total forgiveness because forgiveness almost acts as a proof of salvation that Jesus is working in you and he's moving in you, he's changing your heart, and you must be led to forgiveness then. So how in these moments do you not just focus on the past? Because this is where I'll get stuck. I'll focus on the past and I'll ask that God would help me forgive those who have hurt me, but I won't move to the future, Hmm. recognizing that I'm going to continue to live in a broken world where I'm going to be hurt. So maybe right now I'm not mad at anybody. Hmm. Maybe right now I'm not holding bitterness or anger, but how is he transforming me into a person now and how is he shifting and changing my heart so that when that happens in the future, which it will, like when someone does something to my wife or my future kids that it will just boil my blood, how in those moments am I still a person of forgiveness because of the years of prayer I've put into this line that's going to mm. make me a person who's going to step into that? That's so good. Yeah, I mean, in the reality of, I like that you said, I mean, proof of salvation, I don't know if that was the word phrasing you use, but the reality where an unforgiving heart and an unforgiving person shows that he actually doesn't recognize the forgiveness of God from him and actually doesn't take his own sin seriously and has not accepted, I would argue, the forgiveness Mm -hmm. of God. So if we want to even 
and then that's why I think it's almost that proof the reality of like, oh, have you recognized the sacrifice yeah. of Jesus? If you have, yeah. there's a push to, I absolutely will pursue forgiveness and reconciliation in relationships because mm-hmm. I didn't, it was not necessary for God to forgive me, but he still did. Yeah. And I think I did use those words, but I use them kind of loosely. You know, anytime we say proof it's of anything, yeah. it's yeah. hard, but I, I if you're an unforgiving person, if you're not processing that, it's hard to recognize that you you understand the forgiveness of Jesus. Yeah. I got one last section, and then we're moving on to this other prayer. And the last section, again, I said it's a triune prayer, so it's focusing on God's Spirit and what God can, can do for you through His presence, and it's recognizing God's Spirit. So he prays, and lead us not into temptation. And this helps us to recognize that we need to live righteously and that the Spirit's going to guide us through that and He's going to empower us to live in that. Like, we can't do this on our own. If we try to live righteously, avoid temptation and not and, and live the perfect life without the, the help of the Spirit, it's impossible. So you invite God's Spirit into that and you pray that over your life and then you turn around and you say, but deliver us from evil. And Ben had a really good comment earlier when we were talking that these are two distinct things. Sometimes we'll join these lines together or we combine the idea of our head in our head, but they're not exactly the same. They, they both rely on the spirit, but one is leading us away from temptation and one's delivering us from evil, recognizing we're in a spiritual battle, we're in a spiritual war, that there's footholds and things that the devil and his evilness is has put in your life and that you need release from, you need freedom from, you need chains broken. And these are powerful prayers here that the Spirit is doing all of that on your behalf. I lied. I got five sections. (laughs) My last section is really, really short then, because this is something that's in Matthew 6, you're not going to see these words, but in the Mm. historical tradition, you are. And it's for the kingdom and the power is yours. The kingdom, the power, and the glory is yours forever and ever. Or you can put the thines or the thighs in there. But (laughs) I I love that it ends here for the historical tradition tradition is because it's still consistent with biblical principles. I think it's totally in line with this teaching of Jesus, but it it finishes our minds and our prayers back on the focus of God, that everything we pray is your will be done. Everything we pray is at, at the hands of the Father with the need of the help of the Father. And then you can finish with amen or amen, depending on who you are. Amen. And it's just so be it. It's just this final exclamation point on this huge prayer you just prayed that's incredibly powerful. And I think, honestly, kingdom and world shaking if you pray this consistently for people you know, for yourself, for your church, for your family, for your friends. Pray it over everyone. Pray it all the time. Use it as a template. That was really long. How much time we got? But (laughs) I I love it. I told you guys I'm passionate about the Lord's Prayer because it has radically changed who I am and how I pray. So. I hope that was beneficial to you. Maybe you need to listen back and take some better notes, but Ben is going to... Give it a second. Go. Any thoughts before we go move on from that, Gina? I just Good. gave you 10,000. I just want to know her thoughts. I don't I know if she says anything wrong. No. Man, <laughs> just yelling at me all the time. <laughs> so for me, uh, we did this with our, our leadership team and specifically did it with the leadership team at our retreat over winter break. And, and Ephesians 3, 14... Uh, through 19, I, I like to throw in 20 and 21 just because it's actually, it's still including the prayer. A lot of times when I've heard different pastors or preachers talk about this section of scripture, they, they tend to separate verses 20 and 21, and it's still a part of actually what Paul is praying, but we're looking at a, a, a prayer of Paul. And it's something that I incorporated into my life when I first became a believer, and it's, so, it's this passage of scripture 
that the guy that was discipling me, my, my, my pastor and my friend, um, pointed it to me because I was struggling with why is my mom not saved? Mm-hmm. Like, I know God that you love her more than I love her. Or at least in the moment, I just like, I was frustrated. She was struggling with different things. I wanted to see deliverance in her life. I wanted to see her get freedom from different aspects. Like, and I was struggling. And so every Sunday night, there used to be this prayer moment that we'd have um, at Oasis. And in those moments, I always, always am going to pray for my mom. Because mm-hmm. that's just a normal part of my everyday life. And it's like, I would get frustrated and start to get angry because I was thinking like, all right, still no movement, still to see the same thing over and over and years. And, and, and it's just like, I was frustrated. And so he pointed me to this prayer. It's like, all right, instead of getting angry at you trying to figure out your own prayer and what you're supposed to pray or figuring out why God trying to answer a question that ultimately you will not figure the answer out to, um, why don't you actually just pray some scripture for her and specifically this? And he, he gave me this. And this is a beautiful prayer that Paul gives to the Ephesians. And it starts right away in verse 14 with posture. And just reality of like, okay, when we approach the Father, because He's still Father, and yet He's still holy going back to the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. When we approach Him, what is our posture in that? Mm-hmm. Do we realize, one, that you're speaking to God, the creator of all things, who has called you into intimate relationship with Him, and also at the same time, with a reverence and respect he is the creator of the universe. And he yeah. says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. Like, he knows who God is, calls him by name. And yet, because he knows he, who God is, there's just a reality of, like, I kneel before the Father. And I love just, like, okay, sometimes my posture in prayer is super, super just, I allow it to be apathetic. Therefore, my heart actually isn't behind what I'm actually talking to the Father about. And then there's moments where I'm literally just having a conversation. But I think there's some times in our life where we don't. Pro, I'm not saying you always have to do this, but sometimes you may just need to bow. To bow. Yeah. You may need mm-hmm. to get into a posture of reverence, and that's okay. Um, but also know, yeah, he's still father, and that doesn't change who he is. And then he says in verse 15, from every family in heaven on earth um, derives this name, again, a, a reality of character, the power, the greatness of God. And then he goes right into the prayer. He says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And this is, I I desire this so much for all people. The reality that could we get to the point where Christ may dwell in our hearts fully through faith, knowing it's not something I can conjure up. No, it's not something that I can make something happen. It's the spirit does it. The power of the Spirit does it in my being. He helps me and provides faith for me that Christ would be the complete picture in everything that I chase, that he would be more than enough. And so to not only pray, he's praying this for the Ephesians. So he prays this, like we can pray this for other people, but also we may pray this for ourselves. Uh, A lot of time I do use this for other people. It's like at the same time, God, I need Spirit, this sin I'm struggling with. Holy Spirit, I need your power to come and make Christ bigger. Mm -hmm. Make Jesus bigger in me. Give me the faith that I would believe that. And then right continues, goes on, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, so boom, our speaking identity, speaking foundationally where the start of our relationship is, I pray that you, who is rooted, connected, not changed, it's never going to change, and established you in love, uh, rooted giving this agricultural term of, of farming and established this more like construction uh 
type word of, of a foundation, something mm-hmm. that will not be shaken because it's rooted not in, in your works, not in how many times you go to church, not in how many times you share the gospel, not in how many times you pray today. It's rooted in love. Your mm-hmm. relationship, first and foremost, is rooted in love. And then this is, yeah, 18 and 19 are just too good. It says that you may, because you're rooted in established love, may have power, okay? So power from on high through the Holy Spirit together with all the Lord's holy people. So pray that you know Jesus, that he would dwell in your hearts fully. It's gonna happen through faith and through Spirit's power that he's gonna do that. I pray you, because you're rooted and already established in love and know Jesus, may have power, because it's gonna take power to understand the next thing that he prays. It's gonna take power, but not just individually. Again, how many times have I said this? Our faith is not just individual. It's communal. Mm -hmm. It's corporate. But I want you to have power together with all of Lord's holy people for this. This is the big part of the prayer. I want you to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Like if you want to know what God's desire and heart for you is in following Jesus, read this scripture. Yeah, so good. Push into this. So it's nothing you can do on your own. <laughs> He's praying immediately. You're going to have power, but I know that you can't do it on yourself. So pray that you would have power together with Lord's holy people, that there would be a community of people around you that would encourage you in this moment, that you guys would together be able to grasp the love of Christ. And it's long and it's wide and it's high and it's deep. And as you grasp that, he says, and you'll know this love that surpasses knowledge. And then that's going to help you be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Mm-hmm. Thoughts. I mean, I'll just I'll keep talking through this. No, <laughs> I love that, and I love how you said that you can pray this for others, but you can also pray this for yourself. Yeah. And every time you taught us as a leadership team, you said anytime there's a you or a your or like a pronoun like that, you can straight just flip someone's name yep. in there. You know, yeah. like when you're praying for your mom, when you're praying for your family, when you're praying for your friends, like just like a Mad Lib, just fill in their name <laughs> to the prayer. And you are using Paul's words that God has spoken through Paul to us today to pray powerfully for people. And I love that. Me too. Finish us <laughs> off. Give us the last. Okay, then the last one. It finishes with a, almost a, oh, I got to say the right word. Um, like it's always weird to say that it bless God, but I, that's, that's what it's doing. It's, it's this realization. It's again lifting up. So it starts with, okay, here's who God is. Kneel before the Father. Here's what he does. Gives you power through the Spirit. Increases your faith. He will help you understand the love of God, but he recognizes and knows you can't do it by yourself. So he gives you a community of people together with all the saints. Know the boundless nature and reality of that love. And be, once you continue to understand, not you will never fully understand God's love. That's what's beautiful about it. But once you continue to grow in depth of that love, you'll be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. So we talk about this all the time, this idea of um, <laughs> God's desire for us to continue to be like Jesus. And we see character and competence, character in, in, his, um, in his heart for people, in his heart for the Father, but also competency in, in his holiness and how he serves people. It's like, all right, that is the fullness of the measure of God. And then it goes back into, okay, here's why this will happen because this is how big your God is. He says, now to him, right back to the father this is worship to him who is able to do immeasurably more than what we ask or imagine according again to his power that is already at work within us to him be glory in the church and in christ through all generations forever and ever amen just ending with the reality like i can pray this thing 
I can pray that not only myself, but my family members can know the depth of the love of God. I can pray that I would actually be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. I can pray for more faith to increase because God is able to do immeasurably more than you ever ask or imagine. Mm -hmm. And to that God, we're going to give glory. And that's how we're going to end and we're going to praise. And so like, like Brennan mm-hmm. said, I'll go back to this prayer and I'll, I'll literally read word for word this and just replace the I's, the R's, all of those pronouns with a name and a specific name. Mm-hmm. I love doing this with our leadership team. I love doing this with my family. And I should do it more for myself than I do. <laughs> I, I even love how they, they taught that you could put that overlay with Paul knew the Lord's Prayer. Right. Like you can 100%. see how he starts in reverence, yes. he ends in reverence. It's a Trinitarian prayer. Yep. He focuses on the Spirit. He focuses on the work of Christ. He asks for deliverance and the daily bread. And yep. when he's praying for them to know the fullness and for them to have power, like he he's taking these ideas that Jesus has taught and he's praying these and he's put different words to it. Right. But again, it's the yeah. same kind of how you should pray. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's the whole yeah. baller. Yeah. It's good. So th- then where we'll end this, unless Ben's got another no, thought. Go ahead, go ahead. Where we'll end this is just the idea of these are two examples from the Bible, which is thousands of pages right. um, mm-hmm. that you can use as templates or as exact words to pray for yourself, to pray for people, to to just pray for God to move. I Honestly, that's what that's our desire as Christians is that God would move in us and through in others. But again, there's so much more. If you find another passage that you love, learn about it, pray through it, practice it, memorize it, whatever you feel like you need to do. Mm-hmm. And then the last place we'll kind of give you as a suggestion is the whole book of Psalms. Yeah, The whole yeah. book is just baller prayers that you could just come to and not have to really do a whole bunch of tweaking and just pray through those and let God's words be your words and let God's format be your format and... Mm-hmm. Powerful prayers. Yep. Um, good? Yeah. I'm okay, good. let's, I want to end with praying the Ephesians prayer over our people. Oh, nice. Let's yeah. go. Right. So in whatever way you need to, if you're in a car, pull over. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to, but. You could pray with your eyes open. You, you can. Absolutely. No, you absolutely, I do it all the time. I do. I'm going to do it right now. Um, but let's pray together and just just receive this, receive this prayer. Um, yeah, knowing knowing the Father's heart for you, and so for us, like we're just gonna get in a position, and whatever, however you're hearing this, and wherever you're, I get in a position of just reverence. I'm gonna ask, and if that's kneeling, great. If that's bowing, great. If that is closing eyes, great. If that's whatever that looks like for you, if that's lifting holy hands, great. Um, but let's let's receive this together. Father God, we love you. And we are thankful for the things you've done in our lives, the things you've seen, the promises you made, the realities of who you say you are and who you say we are. And for those reasons, we kneel now before you, Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And we pray out of his glorious riches that everyone listening would be strengthened with power through the Spirit in their inner being so that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. And we pray that all of these people who are rooted and established in the love of Christ, that they may have power together with every one of the Lord's holy people, be able to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is your love for them. And that they would know this love that surpasses knowledge, that they may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to you, King Jesus, to you, Father God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to your power that is already at work within us and continue to be in work in us. To you be the glory. In our church, in the church, 
through Jesus and throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Sweet. Love you guys. Have a great week. Peace out. If you got more Mm -hmm. questions, hit us up. But see ya. Bye. (laughs)